Welcome to the Locked On Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Friday, February 28th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Today we're going to project Sergio Romo for the 2020 season. Big smile. I realized I completely forgot to talk about Nick Gordon yesterday when I said I would, so I apologize. We're going to start with him today. It's worth noting the Twins tied the Blue Jays yesterday 3-3. Randy Dobnak pitched the first three innings and threw well. He gave up a home run to Reese McGuire in the third with two down. He ended his outing with two strikeouts, one walk, and just the home run. For one hit allowed, Randy Dobnak. Nice job. Jake Cave had himself a day. He went three for three with a homer and two doubles. The Twins are hosting the Red Sox as I speak. Homer Bailey pitched the first two innings. Trevor May is in there now. Cesar Puello just uh, flew out off of May, but the Twins are, are yet to have a hit in this one so far. Garver walked. Uh, hitting third today. Kepler making his spring debut, hitting first. I think he grounded out or lined out to second in his first A-B. So I got a question on Twitter about Nick Gordon, where he is, what his future with or without the Twins looks like. And it, it got me thinking a bit because Gordon is in Fort Myers. I saw a picture of him like early on in camp, but he has yet to appear in a game. And originally I thought it's because the brass is getting their top prospects more looks before they head to minor league camp and the lower tier prospects on the 40 man will play in games probably starting next week that was my assumption but Patrick Royce tweeted out yesterday he's down there in Fort Myers for the Star Tribune that Nick Gordon has an intestinal illness I believe is what he is what he uh, said so Gordon's sick and I uh, hope he feels better soon if we look back at his track record with the twins he was the fifth pick in the 2014 draft out of Olympia High School in Orlando he's he's interesting because the prior regime drafted him for one and, and they had to have known he wasn't going to have much power he is the brother of D Gordon both are windy not particularly tall uh, Gordon has a career slugging percentage of 385, Nick Gordon in the minors. I'm confident when I say that the Thad Levine and Derek Falvey regime probably would not have drafted him with that fifth pick. He just, I don't think he fits their typical mold. He still has little to no upside, in my opinion. He hit 298 last year with a 342 uh, on base percentage at AAA in Rochester. But I think the problem is that his strikeout rate is still north of 20% and his walk rate was 6%. So let's do a little comparison between Nick Gordon and Luis Arise, who's the starting second baseman for the Twins. I think the Twins were hoping Nick Gordon would be their starting second baseman or shortstop by now, uh, or you know, be a middle infield partner with Jorge Polanco. But the reason Arise is there, and they do have a similar stature, I would say, relatively, Arise is a little bit stockier. But I think their power potential is around the same. It's, it's minimal, and that's the knock on both of them. Um, I think they both have contact ability, but the difference is is that Arise takes good at-bats. He doesn't really strike out, walks a ton. Uh, Arise just struck out in his first at-bat today, though, but it's spring training. Gordon is none of those things. I don't think he takes very good at-bats. He strikes out, doesn't walk very much. He has a 276 batting average in the minors, uh, but this is a perfect example of why batting average is more undervalued or, or more looked upon as a stat that shouldn't be valued than maybe it ever has been his on-base percentage is just 329 arises is, is a much better hitter because of that plate discipline he hit above 300 in every year in the minors but his on-base percentage was 361 or higher every year as well as quality of at bats and bat to ball skills are the difference i think gordon isn't really disciplined isn't a plus at like anything in the field i would say or at the plate. I still think he can be a semi-regular major leaguer if he improves the quality of at-bats, but I don't know if it's on the Twins. I also think he's going to make his MLB debut with them, though, in 2020. E.R. Adrianza is the main backup in the middle infield. Gordon's probably next, and shortstop is 
probably the Twins' area of least depth. Jorge Polanco is coming off ankle surgery. Will probably play less than the team high 153 games he appeared in last year. Uh, Gordon should get his debut, and maybe he will surprise. But at this point, I'm not sure I see the upside with him. I think when you look at the Twins. And I asked this, I asked on uh, Gleaming in the Geeks mailbag as well about just kind of fitting prospects in because they're locking up guys. They're locked up Miguel Sano in the infield. Jorge Polanco's locked up. Luis Arise, of course, going to be here for six years. Josh Donaldson for the next at least four. So when you look at their infield, it looks like it's set for the foreseeable future. So if you're an infield prospect, it's going to be hard for you to crack this team. And especially if you're a guy like Nick Gordon, who doesn't have the highest upside, may not even get an opportunity to show what you're, what you can do. If you can uh, turn around your plate discipline and play in the majors for the twins. So it remains to be seen what their plan is for him. Maybe he's packaged in a deal and, and people have been packaging him in their projected deals to get starting pitching because there's really not a place for him. And it's even an issue, maybe not an issue, but uh, maybe a good issue for Royce Lewis, the shortstop who is athletic enough. I guess there's mixed, mixed reviews on if he can play shortstop or not, but the assumption has been maybe he's going to play center field because of the infield construction of the twins and also just that's maybe where his best spot would be as as athletic as he is and uh, even then i mean who wants to get rid of byron buxton even in three years I, i'm not sure the twins are going to want to do that either if he shows that he can stay healthy for a few seasons here and that is of course a big if but when you think of a guy like nick gordon or you think of a guy like brent rooker they once they make their debut they're gonna have to rake i mean they're just gonna have to because this lineup is so loaded and the depth chart on the twins is so deep especially in the corner outfield positions and i know up the middle in the infield is a little less deep because it's just polanco adrianza and arise at this point marwin gonzalez can't really play up the middle anymore but i think even then it's going to be hard for gordon to ever get a starting job for the twins or or maybe even show that he can so um, you know, it's unfortunate his kind of fall from grace as a prospect. He was a top five prospect, I think, as, as far back as two years ago, maybe. Uh, Nick Gordon and, and, of course, a high draft pick. So it remains to be seen, but I think he's going to make his debut this year again. But again, I think he, he would be packaged in a deal, but I don't think they should give him away for nothing. I proposed uh, Chris Archer for Rooker and, and uh, Gordon earlier on because I think those are two expendable pieces. But I mean, it would be great if Gordon came up and, and was a, a solid utility man because E.R. Adrianza is going to be a free agent after this year. So maybe Gordon steps right into that role as a pre-arb guy, save a little money, not uh, signing Adrianza back in free agency, and Gordon can just take over and, and play the middle infield, back up the middle infield, and then uh, hopefully hit as well as Adrianza did at the plate. But at this point, I think it's a question mark for him. And the sooner he gets in spring, tra spring training games, the better. Uh, I'm actually heading to Fort Myers on Thursday. I'm very excited. So I'll be there next weekend. I'm going to go to the Rays game on Friday and the Red Sox game on Sunday. The Twins playing the Red Sox today again. I think this is the second matchup with the uh, Crosstown Sox also in Fort Myers. This one also at home. Um, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Sergio Romo, one of my favorite twins. We're going to project him for 2020. And I think he was one of the best additions any team made at the deadline. You're listening to the Locked On Minnesota Twins podcast. Welcome back to the Locked On Minnesota Twins podcast. Sergio Romo. We talked about Nick Gordon in the first segment. Uh, also, score update for you. Still 0-0. Red Sox, Twins. Bottom of the third. Lamont Wade Jr. just struck out swinging Josh Taylor and pitching now for the Red Sox reliever. Drew Maggi is at the plate. And then uh, Kepler on deck with Donaldson in the hole. So I'll keep you updated at the end here if uh, our buddy, the bringer of rain, hits his first spring training dinger. 
let's look at Sergio Romo, though, because I think he was one of the best additions any team made at the deadline last year. Nick Castellano to the Cubs, Castellanos to the Cubs, excuse me, and Zach Greinke to the Astros uh, were big additions for those two clubs, played, played big roles. But Sergio, I think, was a key piece to the Twins' bullpen stabilizing in the second half. He posted a 318 ERA in 22 and two-thirds innings with the Twins with 27 strikeouts and four walks. Exceptional job. He had 17 saves for the Marlins, but pitched mostly in the eighth inning for the Twins as a setup man for Taylor Rogers. The Twins traded for Romo, I think, a few days or a week before the trade deadline, and then, of course, traded for Sam Dyson on like five minutes before the deadline. So their plan was, I think, and and this was it sounded really rosy and nice at the time, um, but we make plans and God laughs, is have Dyson, Romo, and Rogers kind of, you know, Take 7th, 8th, and ninth in whatever order, uh, depending on matchups. If there were lefties up in the 8th, put Taylor Rogers in in the 8th because he wasn't a traditional closer to start the year, but he kind of moved into that role. And then if there were righties up in the 7th, then you bring in Sergio Romo. Sam Dyson can kind of get both of them out. Um, but also was very good against righties in San Francisco. So at the time, it seemed like the Twins would have this 1-2-3 punch in the back of their bullpen. They ended up having a 1-2-3 punch in the back of their bullpen and possibly 1-2-3-4 punch, but it did not involve Sam Dyson after he had to undergo shoulder surgery. Instead, Trevor May and Tyler Duffy kind of came through in the second half, especially Duffy was just exceptional after the, the All-Star break, and it really, really helped the Twins and propelled them to be first in bullpen war in the second half. So um, Sergio was great, too. He loved the Twins. The Twins loved him, so they said, let's run it back for 2020, and here he is. He signed a one-year, $5 million deal with a club option for the same salary, I believe it is, in 2021. He's a fierce competitor, and I love that about him. He won the World Series three times with the Giants, 2010, 2012, 2000, no, excuse me, 2012, 2014, 2016, the even-year Giants, no, my goodness, I'm sorry, the Cubs won it in 2016, it was 2010, 2012, 2014, the even-year Giants, the Cubs beat the Giants in 2016, I believe, in the uh, NLDS, but he's entering his 13th big league season now, Sergio, and turns 37 on March 4th. Since his debut in 2008, he ranked 7th in OPS allowed to right-handed batters among relievers with at least 1,000 righties faced. He's just locked down against righties. And why? Because his slider is one of the nastiest pitches in baseball, has been for a while now. He's by no means a roogie, a right-handed one-out guy, though, as his changeup really helps him get lefties out. Still throws his slider more than the changeup against lefties, throws his slider the most. But lefties swung and missed on that changeup 39% of the time last year. He threw his slider 77% of the time against right-handers last year. It's 390 of the 509 pitches he threw to righties last year were sliders. They hit 198 against it, and in his career, righties have hit 197 off all of his pitches. So that makes sense because he's just a slider pitcher against righties. They can't hit the Frisbee. He'll hit you three times in a row with it, five times in a row with it. He doesn't care and just makes hitters look silly. His four-seamer is in the first percentile. For velocity, it averages 86 and a half, or averaged 86 and a half miles per hour last year. And in a division loaded with right-handed bats, Romo is that much more valuable than the Twins because of his ability to get them out. His value to the young arms too in the pen is very important. I made a case early on when they re-signed him in December. I think it was late December that he's worth $5 million because of the effect he has on the other guys in the bullpen. I think he had an impact on Tyler Duffy and had an impact on Trevor May down the stretch and Zach Littell when he came up and Cody Stashak. I think having a guy like Sergio that you can go and talk to and is clearly a people person is very valuable. And we saw what Nelson Cruz did for the position players in the dugout as well, like Miguel Sano is his, uh, his little Padawan. 
but I think Sergio Romo had a similar effect on the bullpen as well, and I think he's worth $5 million for that alone, and then the pitching that he gives you, and especially his dominance against right-handed bats, is equally as impressive and is equally as worthy. So I think he's a surplus value. I loved the re-signing of Sergio. I think all Twins fans did. I was a little nervous because he had a lot of interest, and I understand why he did, but some California teams were interested. I think the A's were interested. Maybe the Giants were interested in bringing him back. I can't exactly remember. I think Heyman said... He had a lot of interest, but I know the A's were involved. I was nervous we were going to lose Sergio because it took some time for the Twins to re-sign him, but uh, we really worried for nothing, or I worried for nothing, <clears throat> excuse me, because Thad Levine said, I think at Twins Fest, that Sergio called him, or he called Sergio and said, hey, you want to do this? And Sergio said, yep, yeah, let's do it. And they uh, they signed the contract, got the deal done, and ran it back. A funny story about Sergio that I have, and uh, how confident I am with him facing a right-handed batter. I was uh, hanging out with my buddy who's from the north side of Chicago, but he's a White Sox fan. We were watching White Sox-Twins game. I think it was in September, maybe late August, September. Um, but Sergio was pitching and he was relieving in the late innings. I think the twins are up like five to one. They beat the White Sox 13 out of 19 times last year. I'll just slide that in. Uh, but Sergio was facing Eloy Jimenez, who's like a prime candidate to strike out. Eloy strikes out a ton, period. But against Sergio, against that slider, uh, a fastball, you know, dead red fastball hitter, slugging right hander, I was like, yeah, there's no way he's going to hit Sergio. So I, I turned to my buddy and I said, hey, I bet you, uh, I bet you Sergio, I didn't, I don't think I bet anything, but I said, I bet you that Sergio strikes out Eloy and, and he's obviously bullish on the White Sox and bullish on Eloy Jimenez, the prospect at the time or the rookie at the time. And, uh, guess what happened next? Sergio threw a slider, stayed inside and Eloy turned on and hit it, I think to the second deck at target field. So, um, I was incorrect there, but I would take Sergio against any righty in the division or in the American league for that matter. And I would take him nine times out of 10 against Eloy Jimenez and that has no White Sox bias in it, I promise. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. We'll do a little uh, score update for you before we go. Cody Guerin in pitching for the Twins. Rafi Devers is up. Homer Bailey struck out Rafael Devers. I don't know. Take take that information as you will. Um, you know, I'm still working on how much to take away from these games, but uh, we're working together. Thanks for listening this week. Thanks for listening today. I'll be back on Monday. I'm going down to Texas this weekend to visit some family, but we'll be back on Monday with some game recaps from the Twins this weekend. I think Jose Brios and Maeda might be pitching. Um, I know Maeda is, I think, against... Uh, I think he's pitching against the Rays, and we'll go against uh, Shogo Akiyama, I believe, or Tsutsugo, I believe it is, and I think they're both from Japan. So uh, that'll be exciting, and I will I will highlight what happened this weekend, but I won't go too in-depth about spring training. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day, and go Twinks.